What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Tuesday, October 29th, 2013. You guys are listening to episode 133. Um, I just got back in, well, it was actually two days ago. I just got back in from South Carolina, and um, boy, I got to tell you, I am shot. But uh, do have a good episode for you guys today. I'm going to talk about the trip down south. I'm going to talk about, I uh, got a lot of stuff going on in um, in sports. Uh, Halloween's coming up. Um, just just some cool stuff uh, that I want to talk about. Got an unacceptable for the week. Uh, did see a movie, so I'll be reviewing a movie. I was able to catch one while I was down south. So uh, you'll get a full a full-fledged Verzi Effect podcast here. So sit back, relax, whether you are, you know, on the treadmill, in the car, at the job. Uh, I will take you through this next, you know, 45 to an hour just talking shit. So uh, I hope you enjoy. But yeah, guys, I am um, I'm starting to recharge a little bit, starting to feel a little better. But um, I got to tell you, uh, as much as I had a great time with Jason Lawhead, I just dropped him off uh, today at LaGuardia Airport so he can fly back home to Cleveland. He's not going to L.A. first. He's actually going to Cleveland to do some stuff at home with family. And um, as much as I'm going to miss him, I spent two weeks with Jay. We did shows in New York. We went out to a wedding in Boston. Then we went down to uh, South Carolina together. Performed at Carolina Comedy Club down there at uh, Broadway at the beach in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I got to tell you, um, I can use a break. I'm sure he can use a break because we, well, don't get me wrong, we had a great time. But you know when you hang out with a friend that like, people say me and Lawhead are like the two that would get yelled at in class by the teacher. And that's a really good way to say it. Um, you know, we just feed off of each other. We, you know, one joke off the next. Uh, you know, we, we, we're both the type of people that... You know, when you hang out with somebody and like, because I'm one of those people when I'm having a good time, I don't know when to, to call it a night and neither does he. So um, anyway, hopefully, hopefully I can get some rest. What was crazy was the drive back on Sunday was 13 hours. Getting there was only 11 hours and 15 minutes. Coming back to New York was 13 hours because when we were coming into Jersey, you know, you're talking about that's a busy time, even though it was a Sunday, you know, we were coming into, you know, people on the road and people coming home from, you know, wherever they were on the weekend. If you have, if you were, you know, in Jersey and you, you had to go to New York, you had to go over the bridge and stuff. Luckily on the way there, it was only an hour and 15 minutes because we left at five o'clock or, you know, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. So we passed through all that stuff. So we did get caught up in that, um, saw a horrible, horrible accident in Jersey on Sunday coming here, um, and it was, I don't even want to describe what I saw, it was really bad, and uh, my heart goes out to the family of anybody who was involved in that, because that was really bad, but it was a long 13 hours, couldn't wait to get home, got home Sunday around, I would say 7, 7.30 at night, left there at 7 in the morning, and um, just fucking shot. And then, of course, I don't realize that I'm booked on Monday. And Lawhead was like, yeah, I'm not coming with you Monday. So Lawhead basically stayed here, ate dinner with my family. I ran down to the city, did a set, came back last night. And um, I got four days off, everybody. 
and uh, unless something comes up, I'm excited to not be working from today until Saturday. I might do something on Friday, but um, I don't want to think about comedy. I don't want to drive anywhere. I don't want to do anything for the next couple of days. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll get right into uh, I'll get right into to the week. Um, first of all, all the new Twitter followers that I got after the South Carolina shows, um, even though there were very light crowds, there were a couple of really good crowds. We did seven shows and uh, Thursday night show was, was the best of the week. It was, it was a lot of people in there. It was amazing. And then, uh, first show Saturday, uh, was cool. Uh, second show Saturday was light Tuesday and Wednesday was light, but you know, what was really cool about the trip, got a lot of Twitter followers and the people that did enjoy me. Um, and did come and enjoy the show. Um, you know, Lawhead did great. It was just great, but for the people that came. But you know, the weather. I mean, it, we're in Myrtle Beach. There, were, one night it was down to 29 degrees. During the day, it was like 55 degrees and windy. So just a really off time to be there. Um, but I'll get right into it. Had a crazy situation happen um, down there. And, um, so I'll tell you guys the story and then we'll go from there. Like I said, we'll get into some sports. We're going to get into, um, unacceptable for the week. Got Halloween coming up, all that stuff. I'll review a movie and everything. So we're down there. We're hanging out in Myrtle Beach. We do the show Tuesday and Wednesday, light crowds, but still fun. And usually, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are light, kind of even in a peak season. But in this season, it was really, you know, tough. And I had to unfortunately reschedule to, to go down there when I did because of, um, you know, just conflicts and schedule. You know, they asked me to come sooner when it would have been warmer and all that stuff. But I, I just couldn't. But I still took the date. I wanted to get the work in. Went down with Lawhead. And Tuesday and Wednesday were light crowds, but we had fun on stage. Uh, then Thursday comes, okay? And, um, you know, I'm always going to be honest on the show. I'm always going to let you guys know about, about shows and stuff, whether good, bad, or whatever. So, um, I... Th- there's like some... There was a charity, like um, Habitat for Humanity... They had, they had that going on along with the regular general public who came to the show, and we knew that Thursday was going to be really busy because of this charity and everything, so we were looking forward to it, especially after Wednesday, I mean, Tuesday and Wednesday were light. So the places, you know, we get there, and they're just, like, wrapping up their, like, T-shirt merchandising uh, outside of the club, and everybody settles into the club, and the host goes up, um, and he does his thing, and then Lawhead goes up and has a great set, and then I went on stage, and... Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you guys the truth. I had one of the best sets of my career. I, I don't know what happened, but it was just one of those things where I fell into a zone and like I just everything was crisp and sharp. And I saw Lawhead standing in the back of the room and he just had this smile on his face. And I just knew that like it was just one of those nights, man. It was just one of those like special sets and, and I felt it, I knew it on stage and anybody who knew, you know, me or knew comedy that was in the room knew so I get off stage and Lawhead just is like shaking his head. He goes, dude, he goes, congratulations. He goes, that was, you know, I feel like a proud father. I feel like proud just watching that. You know, he's like, that was fucking awesome. He was like, that was the best I've ever seen you do. And, and it was just a great night. So I, I was floating and I, you know, I, it was just one of those good nights. Now, of course, the next night is Friday and we have two shows, eight and a 10 o'clock. And, um, the first crowd, you know, and they told us before we get like before the week started this. Yeah, we last week we had to cancel the late show on Friday. Fridays have been weird. Fridays have been light. So 
I go into Friday with low expectations, and the first crowd is, um, you know, amount of people wise was, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a lot of people. Like first couple rows, and then maybe some scattered out people, but it was really light. And um, I had an incident with a with a with an audience member. But here's what happened: when the host got on stage, this drunk dude who was sitting in the middle just started to like like me and Lawhead were in the back, and we just noticed this one dude. And um, it was one of those things where I'm standing there and this guy's like just chiming in really early to the host and then like yelling stuff, but like kind of in his own stupid, helpful way, but just yelling stuff and then like clapping at a turn and, you know, and I'm just looking around. So Lawhead's going, dude, if this guy like, I'm telling you right now, like if this guy does anything, you know. I'm going to just try to plow through it, but if this guy fucking does anything, you know, just have somebody, like, he was basically telling the club, like, after a couple times, I'm not doing it with this guy. So then I watch, and Lawhead goes on stage, and, um, you know, he's just plowing through his material. The guy yelled out a couple of things sometimes, and I saw Lawhead look at him, but then kind of just go, oh, you know what, man, whatever, and the guy would look, still clap out of place and put his hands up, but... You know, Jay was in a situation where, you know, he's having a good set. He was, you know, he's being funny and, and the people that were into it were into it. Now, mind you, there was like older people in the back that were very reserved and really not participating. They were watching and they were laughing, but they weren't really great. So for a light crowd with them there, it was really kind of tricky. And then you got this loud guy in front. So Jay gets through it and the guy, you know, the guy was obnoxious a couple of times, but not enough to really fuck him up. So then Jay gets off stage, and I told him straight up, I go, dude, this might get ugly. Like, you know me. Like, I'm not going to fucking, I'm not putting up with this shit. You know, I got I got 45 minutes to an hour I'm about to do. So I go on stage, and <laughs> right away I said something. Like, you know, I drove from New York to be here with you guys, and I want to have a good time with you guys, and blah, blah, blah. And this dude, like, stands up or does something stupid, and I immediately right away go, all right, dude, look, stop you're scaring people, you're not at a fucking football game, relax, and I totally kind of got a laugh at his expense, and I totally kind of shut him down, now that made this dude just kind of sit back and judge everything I said, so it's already a, like this tight crowd, and now the front people that were like laughing and into it, now I kind of shut down their boy real early, so now they went from like, whoa, what to expect? So now you got the people in the back who were reserved, and now these people kind of like, whoa, what's going to happen between the comedian and this guy? And this is the lively part. So I'm already fucking behind the eight ball. But I'm like, whatever, dude. I'm shut. You know, I had some, the people, I could tell the people to the left, the far left, really liked me, and they were already laughing. And there was another couple near the stage, and they liked me. So I'm kind of just focusing my energy on that shit. And. I go into a joke, and, uh, you know, I'm just committing to my jokes, and I, I wanted to, you know, build it up, um, you know, because Lawhead did well and didn't fuck with this guy, and then I go on stage, and I immediately fucked with him, so um, I said something, and the guy starts, like, looking around, like, was that funny, was that, like, and he just starts distracting people, or he, he was just being a dick, so... I do something, I did a joke, I got a laugh, and he's just looking, he was just waiting to be a problem, and then finally, finally he said something to somebody, and I go, what dude, what, and he just was like, no, go on, go on with your next material, like, in other words, like, prove to me you're funny, and then that's when I just go, dude, listen, I go, I don't know what kind of, I said something along the lines of, I don't know what kind of attention you need, or what your attention you're not getting, clearly you have a little dick, but I go, shut the fuck up, and let me do my fucking job, all right, 
this is what I do, something like, something along, along those lines, and he starts going back, and he starts yelling, and he just said something, and, uh, I remember just going, you know something? And he was so fucked up, this guy. I go, you know something? Get the fuck out. Get him out. And the employees at the comedy club walked up and like, sir, you have to calm down. And I'm like, really? Like, you just undermined me. I'm headlining the room. And I just said, kick the guy out. You're saying don't talk. And then finally his wife gets up and goes, um, well, you know what? We're going to go. And he's like, whatever. And he just starts like yelling. And he said something. And he was like, yeah, you're just an awful comedian. And you're like, okay, yeah, I'm awful. Yeah, all right, good. Leave. leave. Black. Why don't you go black out like my joke? And he's like, whatever. And he starts booing. And then he, I was like, just, just fucking go black out, you fucking ass. So I said something. He like stopped like he was going to do something. And he looked at the, looked at the, you know, the thing. And, and whatever, man. Like that, people get drunk. Shit, you know, whatever goes, shit happens. Um, so then, and I guess the employee, another employee walked up and like basically made him leave. And, um, but what bothered me was when I, when me and this guy were going back and forth, I said, dude, you're distracting people and people are, and, and this is what pissed me off. I go, people are, you know, you're like, people are hearing you. Like you're, you're distracting, you're drunk. And I go, guys, by round of applause, how many people is this guy bothering you or how many people is distracted? And like, nobody said anything so he goes see nobody but to the left this blonde girl was like kind of lightly clapping and the woman next to him was afraid to say something so I looked at her and I go ma'am is he bothering you and she kind of just gave me this look but she didn't want to be and then the reserve people in the back so for a second I looked like nobody was with me and then when the guy leaves I go yeah fuck that you guys paid good money for this you don't need and then everybody clapped so it was like where the fuck were you guys when I was doing that um, but just an awful situation. Uh, the room got insanely awkward, more awkward probably than, I mean, it was already a light crowd that probably got more awkward and heated than any other situation that I've ever been in, in my career. I mean, to the point where like people just didn't know what to do. And then I told the people, I go, listen, I go, fuck that. This guy's a cancer. Oh, that's what I said. I go, you're a cancer. You need to be cut out. Get the fuck out of here. I said, that guy's a cancer. You guys paid good money to be here. I'm not putting up with that shit. You know, this and that. And then I do it. And then some people started clapping. And I go, and don't worry. I'm going to get this show back, okay? I'm a professional. I'm going to get the laughs back. And we're going to... And then, you know, sure enough, you know, I ended up fucking fighting through it and having a really good time. But I went from literally like one of the best sets of my career as far as just being in a zone and telling stories and I added on so many nice little taglines to to certain jokes and I'm having a great time and then the next night and it was funny cuz I it, it was just it's just so ironic and so comedy that the next night I just had to fucking deal with this guy but like those other guys just dealt with it and didn't do anything and I was like look I got I mean I had dealt with that like my first 5 minutes into my act I mean I had another 45 50 minutes after that shit but everybody ended up having a good time and, you know, made it work. But just a fucking awful, awful, like, you know, experience. And then the dude comes in the room afterwards. And this is this bothered me because, like, he kind of, like, went, like, right up to me and was like, uh, hey, man, sorry. And he put his hand out. And like a dick, I kind of, like, grabbed his hand and shook it, like, but, like, kind of, like, coldly. But I still did and it bothered me. And then I go, look, dude, shit happens, man. She's like, yeah, yeah, shit happens. I go, yeah, no, shit happens. That's it. And then that was it. But just fucking, and then between the light crowds and, you know, being there in the off season, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, it was great. Like, literally, thank everybody for coming out. And um, I do appreciate all the Twitter followers and stuff, but not the best trip. The weather sucked. The crowds were, other than the exception of a few shows, the crowds were light. You know, it rained one night. 
night. They had like a like the taste of the town, which fucking of course I'm there for, which is one of their busiest things. So that made one of the shows light. So you know what? It was great for the stage time and all that. It was cool being down there with Jay, but um, you know, not the best, not the best of times, I will say. And I'm just being honest, like I always am on the show. So that was Myrtle Beach, um, and we played a golf course there, which was a quick par three. And there was no hole more than 94 yards. It was the worst fucking shitty. And they said online that it was one of the top 10 part threes in America. It was awful. Lawhead was so pissed we were there. We kept saying, should we go get our money back? It was awful. Just an awful shitty experience. It was too cold to go to the beach. You're dealing with drunk fucking morons. So, um, you know, listen, as much as some of the people in the South are very nice... When they say, oh, the South is dumb. No, they're not dumb. Okay? They're they're dumber than dumb. They're the fucking worst. Some of them. Now, some people are smart and get it. Other people are the fucking worst. I swear to God. Um, And then, after the drunken, the guy who I had to kick out, the next show, there was a, a couple, older couple, Uh, No, two couples, four people. There was like a double date or whatever. And they were older, probably, you know, and they looked, they were dressed nice and older. And they were one of those nice, like want to participate drunks, but annoying. And I even said to Michael, you guys are the nicest annoying people ever because they were fucking rude and interrupting everybody. Just a fucking nightmare. Just a nightmare. Now the shows were that were packed and crowded and really good. They were great. So I got I got to admit that. I got a lot of work in, but I came back and I'm fucking shot. Um and the last night were there, which I didn't realize is one of the biggest Halloween contests, costume contests in Myrtle Beach. It's like their biggest party of the year where thousands of people dressed up go down to Broadway at the beach, this tourist attraction where the comedy club is located, and they dress up in Halloween costumes to win like $1,500 or $2,000. And the amount of grown adults... Okay, it's not worth the 1500 to do what these people were. These people, grown fucking adults, dressed up with... it, Like, I mean... I don't know how broke people are down there or what the situation is down there, but you can just tell how fucking stupid and broke the locals are. And I'm sorry, man, and I don't mean the people that get my comedy or like my comedy and came out, but I'm just being fucking honest. Some of you people down there are the dumbest pieces of shit who need to get a better job or get the fuck out of there because if you're going to throw on a Chewbacca outfit and walk around as a grown adult to try to make $1,500, it, it's ridiculous. It, it, I mean, you should have saw the amount of people just dressed up walking around. Like, I mean, look, I may dress up in a costume with my son this year because I think he'd get a kick out of it. And I live up in the suburbs in the country. So, you know, he's going to be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I may dress up like with him like that or something. And it's going to be great. And as my, as a as a dad and, you know, for my son, that's one thing. And I'm not trying to go to a contest. I'm not going to a party to impress anybody. But when a grown adult you know, is just walking around dressed like Mario Brothers to try to win $1,500. You should be ashamed of yourself. It's fucking unacceptable, which brings me to unacceptable for the week. Male or female, if you honestly in your house rushing around, well, first of all, you're fucking probably single. 
I know I'm a little cranky on this one, everybody. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I have to get a lot of work done, and uh, I need a rest. I had to run down to the city yesterday after that whole fucking long trip, so please bear with me. Uh, and for you people that like when I get a little evil or upset or irritated, I guess this one's for you then. I mean, hopefully I'll turn it around by the time I get to sports, but probably not because the fucking Red Sox are winning the World Series. Okay, so... Um, maybe talking about the Knicks in the movie I saw will turn this thing around. But for right now, unacceptable for the week are you stupid fucking grown adults who are sitting in your home, actually looking in a mirror by yourself, putting detail to makeup, going down to a party or a competition, hopefully to win $1,500 and show off. You're clearly lonely unless you went with your fucking spouse or partner. It's ridiculous. And I want to thank, and I already did thank the crowd there, but I want to thank again, if any of you people are listening to this, I want to thank the people that came to the show Saturday night and didn't dress up, all right, and just decided the hell with this stupid contest. We want to see jokes and we want to see comedians. Thank you, okay? I appreciate it. And it was just unacceptable seeing people dressed in Star Wars costumes and all these things, like like taking it seriously to win a little bit of money. Unacceptable for the week. You're a grown adult. Grow up. All right, dress up with your kids and go trick-or-treating for a little while, but that's ridiculous, and you know who you are, and it's like, listen, all right, I'll give you till 25 years old, and I even think that that's a lot, but like 25 years old is the cutoff. If you're above 25, all right, and you have a job, and you're a responsible person, and you're throwing on makeup and shit, are you kidding me? Ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. Grow up. Bunch of asshole Fucking adults running around bars. Look, yeah, let's go dance. And fucking grown men dressed as Wolverine with fucking things on their hands like the nails. It's, it's, a, it's, I mean, it's the type of shit where you wish that, like, I mean, how great would it be to see somebody dressed as a superhero get the shit kicked out of them? You know, like, wouldn't it be great? Isn't it, wouldn't it be justice if, like, the guy dressed as Wolverine bumped into somebody who was just trying to go to a bar to get a drink and was dressed in normal street clothes? And then Wolverine started talking shit. Oh, yeah, look at this guy. Yeah, nice fucking outfit. You can't come to the party. You can't fuck. And the guy just kicked the shit out of Wolverine and grabbed that stupid thing that shows Wolverine's nails and just shoved it in the guy's fucking ass or face. That would be amazing. And just be like, yeah, that's why I don't do it. Because I'm not going to dress like a superhero and then act like a dick and get the shit kicked out of me by somebody normal, you fucking moron. Unacceptable for the week. Grown adults taking a costume party and competition that seriously. You clearly got shit going on in your life. You clearly have no children. You're clearly not with anybody. And you probably got to go on a Match.com date the next day because you're a loser. Oh, my God. So that was Myrtle Beach, everybody. And that was unacceptable for the week. I like that unacceptable for the week. And I'm not saying, again, I, I want to surprise my son or like dress like a Ninja Turtle and go trick-or-treating with him and just make his night and do that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that if you're an adult and you dress up. That's, what I'm saying is if you're an adult who wants to go to a party and just drink like you're fucking 10 years old or, or like you're 18 years old or in college and then you want to go and try to win a contest, you know, it, it's it's unacceptable. Um, and speaking of drinking, I will get into this. I am now on a full-fledged 
now that Lawhead's gone, I got a couple of days of not drinking or hanging out under my belt. No drinking for a long time. Okay, I might even get a juicer. I think about getting a juicer. I'm going to like really try to only drink on that. Like I really want to drink like one or two days lightly on a couple of the holidays. But other than that, man, I am in decompress mode. I'm going to be eating good. No drinking for a while. I'm going to start getting healthy. I'm turning this fucking thing around. I'm turning it around, everybody. That's it. Start getting rest. That's it. I can't, you know, I'm not doing it anymore. Can't do it anymore. It's just too much. It's too much. You get tired. I'm tired of hangovers. I'm tired of feeling like shit sometimes. I mean, not that I do it a lot. But when I go on the road or when I'm with a buddy, you know, and then we went to the wedding and we got like a little bit tuned up and, you know, just, it's just too much. I am, I am going to just have the weight peel off by just eating right and no boozing for a while and getting my shit together. Uh, Oh, one thing we did, and I'll get into the movie now. One thing we saw uh, when we were down there is we saw Johnny Knoxville's um, Bad Grandpa. We wanted to just have like a light movie, funny and um, I got to tell you, for 90 minutes of that, you know, kind of Borat style, making people feel uncomfortable and doing stuff, um, I thought they held it together for 90 minutes. Now, I will say this, it probably DVD, yes. You know, spending money, I don't know, spending 15 bucks or 12 bucks or whatever on that movie in theaters, I don't think it makes sense, but... It's a really good watch if you just have nothing to do and you want to get a couple of good laughs. And I'll say this. There was about three parts. Well, one part. There was one part where we were sitting up in you know the stadium seating and we were seating, sitting up pretty high and the, the seats in front of us were like really like at our feet. And there was, we were laughing so hard at one point that me and Law had almost fell over. We were crying of laughing. We almost fell over the seats. There's one part. Now, there's a few, but there's one that I don't care who you are. It's impossible to not cry laughing. Cry laughing. Um, but there were like three big ones where you're like, oh, this is awesome. You know, so it was really funny for a 90-minute prank thing. I thought they did a good job and they put it together good. So, listen, if you have, the, I'll say this. If you have the money to spend and you don't care, go see it. You'll enjoy it. I think it's funny. I thought they did a good job with it, but you know, waiting for DVD is cool too, probably a better idea, but definitely not a shitty movie and pretty funny, I was really impressed, I thought it was going to be a disaster, and they did good, so the Verzi effect gives bad uh, grandpa, you know, the, the thumbs up, the approval, and all that stuff, so I would check it out, um, again, not groundbreaking, not amazing, Borat did the shit, but this was pretty, the, the shit that Johnny Knoxville did was pretty good, and some of the ideas he had to do as the old man were pretty good too, so check that out, Bad Grandpa, uh, I wanted to see Gravity, I still didn't, I'm probably gonna have to end up seeing that on DVD, which I know everybody was telling me you gotta see it in 3D, cause the 3D is the shit, but I just didn't have time, um, maybe, maybe sometime this week, I doubt it. All right, we got to get into sports. Here we go. There is nothing worse. I'm going to repeat this. There is nothing worse than not not only 
watching the Boston Red Sox win anything. But when they have those stupid beards and then when somebody does something good like hits a home run, they tug on each other's beards and they're doing it. I mean, it is so hard to watch. You know, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, Lawhead was was picked the Cardinals to win, and I'm watching the game with him at my house. And, I mean, when I tell you I'm rooting against Boston almost as hard as I'm rooting for the Yankees to win. And I'm not even into baseball anymore. You guys know that. I'm not into baseball anymore. But just watching these fans and these stupid players' beards and this whole anti-Yankee, well, they're clean cut and they have money and they're in New York, so we're going to be the dirty-faced assholes. And we, oh my God, it is awful. It is one of the. It's so hard to watch. And then this asshole Johnny Gomes hits a home run and he throws the bat down like he just, like, like he's done it a million times. Meanwhile, he was like one for nineteen. Him and his stupid red beard and his dumb chewing gum. Oh my God, awful. I want nothing more. Here We were talking about it. Ideally, this is what I want. Cardinals win game six tomorrow. Game seven, the Red Sox are winning by three runs in the ninth. And then Carlos Beltran hits a grand slam to go up by one. Okay? In the ninth. And then the Red Sox get up and just get shut down one, two, three. And you could hear a pin drop at Fenway like a fucking funeral. And just having those fucking mass holes walk out there like it's a funeral. Oh my God. I want that like you don't understand how bad I want it. Only for the simple fact that this like, there's just something about them. There's just something about these, they're like these the crybaby little, you know, Howdy-faced assholes. And it was cool because Lawhead, who hates the Yankees, hates the Yankees. He was watching and he was just like, this is worse. This is worse. Like their faces and the way they are and the way they complain. He goes, I would much rather watch fucking Jeter do something or Jeter hit something than than this. I mean, it's just like ridiculous. Oh my God, do I want the fucking Red Sox to lose. They are the worst. And they're probably going to win. Because I, you know, just because of the absolute pure joy and bliss, if they did lose, uh, th- that's not coming to me. It can't because it, it, it'd be too much. But it has been a pretty exciting series, considering like that obstruction thing, which was a hundred percent right, and then the pickoff. You know, they picked the guy off at first. I mean, you can't do that with Carlos Beltran. With Carlos Beltran, you know, with the bat in his hand, you're talking about a top ten postseason hitter of all time is up at the plate and you come in to pinch run and you get picked off and you take the bat out of his hands one swing of the bat changes everything changes the series changes everything and because you're leading too much okay with that guy at the plate you don't need to just stand there and just wait it doesn't matter you're down to your last out you're not stealing you're down to your last out and you have one of the best bats. I mean, yeah, lead lead off a little bit. I mean, don't don't do that much. Oh man, that was brutal. So that's you know that's tomorrow, and we'll see. Now tonight, I'm really excited because now the NBA is back. The NBA and football have been 
my two favorites for the past couple of years just because I haven't been into baseball that much. But I'll tell you, my hatred towards the Red Sox in this World Series is going to bring me back to the Yankees like regular season next year. I mean, I would always watch the Yankees, and I love the Yankees, but like now seeing the Red Sox, this makes me want to really like get the Yankees back on track. And you know what else, too? For all of the bullshit that people give Yankee fans and Yankees, all oh, the money, this and that. It's it's just the way they cry about it. Now I just want the Yankees to just keep winning, and I hope they buy everybody. This is what I hope. I hope they buy everybody, and they just keep winning and winning until everybody complains, and they just stop watching, and Fenway Park is half empty, and the Yankees just dominate baseball just to shut these assholes up. That's how defiant I am with, with, with this shit. I'm just going to stop watching because the Yankees just buy everything good. Stop watching and let the Yankees keep buying everything and winning. You babies. That's what I want to have happen. Oh, man, that would be fucking amazing. I, I, I really, I can't stand these cry baby. And for every for all those people that are saying the Yankees $200 million payroll and the Yankees buy everything, what everybody forgets is the anchor of the Yankees was the four dudes that were in our farm system. Was Jeter, Pettit, Mariano, Posada, not to mention uh, Bernie Williams was with the Yankees since he was 16 years old um, until he retired. Robinson Cano was a Yankee farm guy, and he's been with us, and he, you know, he's looking at maybe getting a, a $250 million contract. So for as much of guys as we buy, which we do, the Yankees also do always have like, you know, we have good farm guys and guys that have been there. So, I mean, it's not like we don't buy everybody. And you can't say that because our shortstop, who's one of the greatest baseball players to ever live, has been with us as a rookie since 95. And Bernie Williams, one of the best center fielders we ever had, has been there since he was 16 years old. And Mariano Rivera, the greatest relief. So all of these people, but this, this whole Boston thing is just making me back on the Yankees. So I guess I could thank the stupid beards. Oh my God, there's nothing fucking worse. And it was funny because I was joking around going, it's Halloween costumes, remember? The Unacceptable on the show recently was the um, the beards and how it was like a Halloween costume. And guess what was at that stupid Halloween costume competition I told you about? Exactly, people dressed up as Boston Red Sox with beards on. It's just absolutely awful. But the NBA starts up. Tonight is the Miami Heat and the Bulls. Um, which I'm intrigued by just because Derrick Rose is back. Want to see what he does. The Knicks start tomorrow, I believe, at the Garden against the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm all over that. Got a couple of days off. Going to chill out. Going to watch some sports and take care of some stuff on the business end of things. And just recoup and watch NBA basketball, which is back. So I'm excited about that. Going to watch some horror movies. It is a great time of year now. Like This is when like the leaves are falling. It's getting a little cold. The horror movies are on. You know, you take the kids out trick-or-treating. You know, um, the, the Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And then that, everybody starts getting excited and ready and shopping for Christmas. So, I'm loving this. And, um, I don't know. I, I think, I think... I mean, my daughter right now is too young to really, like, enjoy. Like, my son right now gets it. You know, he's into it. He understands. Like, my daughter is just, you know, it's, it's going to take her, like, another year or two. But she's she's catching up really quick. I mean, she is... she In the time that I was down south from Tuesday to Sunday, her vocabulary has been, like, unbelievably 
improved. Her walking, her running, it goes by quick. So, you know what? You think about it and you're like, man, if I got a money opportunity and I got this, I'm not missing this shit. Because the last thing I want to do, and I was thinking about this more and more, is, you know, I'm going to keep going and nothing's going to stop me from, you know, doing what I'm going to do in my career because this is how I make a living. This is how I provide. And, um, you know, I want to get better and I want to get great at what I do. But nothing is stopping me from having memories with my kids and I never want to be the guy that my kids are like oh my dad wasn't at this my dad wasn't at that like fuck that I don't care what I got to do travel wise I don't care how much extra money I need to spend I don't care about that shit you know I'm not gonna be like oh my dad had to do something like Halloween oh my dad couldn't be with us on Thanksgiving because he was traveling fuck that because I'm either gonna do it one of two I'm gonna do it one of two ways okay I am either not gonna do it because my family is more important or I'm going to have such an offer I can't refuse financially that my family is going to come with me and they're going to benefit and we're going to have a great time wherever we are because we're making so much fucking money doing it. That's the way that it's going to go down. None of this like, well, I had to go out to fucking Toledo. You know, I had to go out to Toledo to make a fucking 700 bucks and miss my fucking hour. That shit's not happening. Okay. If I'm going out to Toledo for the fucking holidays, I'm going out there for 40 grand and I'm fucking having like the nicest place in Toledo with my family for the holiday. How about that? Not letting this shit take me down, man. Fuck that. Family first, man. My family is number one and my family is, is going to know that that's where I put them during this whole ride that I'm going on. Because I couldn't imagine, like, seeing my kids the way they get, you know, when you come home is amazing, man. It's like, that's, I mean, it's like ridiculous. My son, my son wants to be a comedian now. And he's telling everybody at school that that's what he's going to be. And I'm just like, I, I don't know, man. Like, let's just see what happens. Let's, let's shoot for doctor first, okay? <laughs> let's, uh... Let's shoot for doctor or lawyer or something like that. Let's get into a good college and, and do all that stuff first. And then, you know, and then we'll see. You know, I mean, if you, but I, I don't want them to, I don't want them to jump right into that. You know, there's a couple of things I do not want my son doing. And well, number one, my kids are not going to, you know, I don't want to talk about what I saw, but I, I mean, and I was always against motorcycles, but, you know, and if any of you Verzi Effect listeners ride a motorcycle, you know, God bless you, I wish you the best, man, but be careful, because you, you hear too many horror stories, and me and Lawhead saw something on the way here that uh, I never saw before, and I, I don't never want to see it again, and I, I can't believe what I saw, and um, just horrible, and you hear stories, and everybody knows somebody or has a story about a motorcycle, and it's just really not worth it. You know, put me in four wheels. I want to. I want four wheels. I want a roof. I want. I just. You know, that's what I want. I, I don't want. You know, I don't want to be outside. You know, flying and and being on that shit. I, I just. It's just way too dangerous. And you know, I have a really big problem with um, anybody I really care about being on it, but especially my family. I can't tell your friend. Your friends would be like, "Yeah, fuck you." You know, not gonna tell me what to do. But like my kids, I I, I have a say in that. I remember my sister had a friend. She still has her, but she she her friend, this young girl, she was like 19 at the time, 20 at the time, used to ride like a ninja. And I was just like, man, you gotta, I mean, that's crazy. Like my daughter never, 
I don't give a shit ever. Are you kidding me? Because 90% of those motorcycle accidents aren't the motorcycle's fault. It's, it's, it's somebody that didn't see them or somebody comes out, but you're just so vulnerable and you're so just susceptible to getting, I mean, just rocked. You know? Um, oh, I did want to mention some podcasts on here that I wanted to up to plug and to let people know. Check out, really check out, um, after people heard um, Jason and I on the podcast, check out Lawheads Court. Um, I mean, if you guys think I know anything about sports, this guy is like, I mean, this guy could be a play-by-play. Like, this guy is so good that if the Oakland Raiders called him up, which he has no affiliation, and they were like, we want you to be the play-by-play guy, it would probably take him like two times to do it, and he would be like, one of the best guys in the, I mean, he's, he just gets it, amazing in sports, but uh, he also talks about other things on the podcast, it's uh, Lawhead's Court, and um, it's the comedian Jason Lawhead, originally from Cleveland, um, check that one out, uh, I also recently got a shout out on the uh, Hey My Man podcast, from uh, my buddy over there, uh, David Stein, I mean, it's, it's weird, it's like we have this mutual friendship through podcasts, and um, they shouted me out. They said some really nice things about me on their podcast. I would like to do the same. I actually took the liberty. I was driving into Manhattan one night, and I, um, I, I was listening, and I thought that it was really, it was, I thought it was good. It was a really good, uh, good conversation they were having, and they were talking about you know having kids and and what what you're at, you know just it was really good, and it it hit home with me, and I thought it was a really good podcast, and they support the Verzi effect and myself, so that's all you could ask for. So check out the Hey My Man podcast, um, obviously um, Bill Burr's podcast, a Monday morning podcast, uh, Joe Matarese's podcast is a great one, another real honest one. Um, Matarese is hilarious because he only goes he almost goes too honest, which I love. But uh, that's called Fixing Joe. That's another great one. So, uh, yeah, check those out. Uh, Lawheads Court, uh, Hey My Man, uh, Monday Morning Podcast, and uh, Fixing Joe. So, uh, yeah, those are fun. You know, those are like really good, I think, good listens. And and that's... um, and it's amazing because I go to these shows and this is how this is how like powerful podcasts are. But you go to shows and you're performing and people that really you would never think, you know, people that you would never think were into podcasts or, you know, people that you would just be like, ah, there's no way. And then they're like, oh, I listen every week. I love it. And you're like, what? And it's not like sometimes you think it would be a dude. And it's like, no, it's like these women are coming up. Like, oh, I listen every time at my job or, you know, one dude's like, oh, I never miss it. It's my ride. It's my ride into work. And it's it's really taking over morning radio, which is phenomenal because morning radio is awful. You know, you hear in fucking, you know, any radio, hearing Ryan Seacrest talk about fucking Kelly Clarkson's, you know, wedding in some remote island with some guy nobody gives a fuck. Like, it's just ridiculous. You know, and then they do those stupid little contests. I mean, just, you know, so, and of course I'm being biased because I'm a comedian with a podcast, but it is better. I definitely think it's better than just, you know, regular radio. So those are really good ones. And there's a lot of great ones. I mean, Rogan's is great. I mean, you guys could check Butterfly Radio has a lot of great ones on there. So definitely uh, check those out. But I did want to do that and make it and make it a point. And, um... And again, more, I got more, um, I don't know what happened with Twitter, but Twitter just popped up, man. My Twitter just kind of went up like it was going up like 
10 to 12 followers a day for like many days in a row, which is awesome. Now, and I'm not big on Twitter, and this is one thing I wanted to talk about. I'm not, there's something about Twitter that I, that, that as much as I like it, and as much as I do it for my business, and, and I, you know, I, I, I have to have a Twitter account, and I do like it. I think, I think sometimes you read some brilliant stuff from people. Although I will say this, a lot of the funniest tweets are from comedians that I don't think are funny. I probably shouldn't say that, but I really feel that way. Um, but as much as I, you know, like Twitter, there's something about it that's just off-putting when it comes to like, like a, like almost like a self-important douche, you know. And I mean, if I think of something really funny in that day, or if I think of something, I'll you know, I'll tweet about it or I'll just say it or if I'm, you know, angry about something or if, if I see something that's unacceptable or something I don't like, like I'll say it. But I bet you if you looked at the majority of my tweets, you know, it's putting up my podcast when it's done. It's it's to, you know, tweet about a show or where I'm going to be or thanking a show where I was. But just this whole idea of like kind of like quickly trying to be funny or like trying to like say something or make a statement. It's almost like a, like a self-important dick face, you know, that's how I feel. It's like, you're not that important. Like I'm not that important. It, it's just silly to me. It's like, you know, like, does any, do you really give a shit that like MC Hammer's fucking getting his car painted? I, I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I think Twitter is used properly in a lot of cases, so I shouldn't say that. But, like, I just feel that, like, I don't know. There's something about, like, oh, I got to say this about this, or what's so-and-so going to say about this? It's like I, if me sitting there tweeting going, oh, people want to hear what I'm going to say about this, and maybe there are some that do, but there's just something about it that seems really self-important. And I'm not 100% humble, people. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> no, I'm one of those, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not arrogant, but I'm also, I'm not like some people are annoyingly humble. I'm not annoyingly humble. I think I'm a humble guy. I'm definitely not arrogant, but I'm humble to a certain extent. But like, if I, like, I'll give you an example. If I'm playing ball, right? If I play basketball on Monday nights and I hit like four threes, and I make amazing passes, and I get some steals, and I'm playing defense, and my all-around game is just on point. If I'm talking to my friend, I'm be like, dude, I was fucking on point. Like, I was hitting my shots. Like, I was killing it out there. You know, um, rather than being the guy who's like, yeah, no, they're just not playing hard tonight. I think they're like, you know, I think it's like, like some people are like that. I'm not like that. But I also don't think that like all of my thoughts and every clever thing should like people should be waiting for my my Twitter. And I don't know. Maybe that's only because I, I only have like three thousand, not even three thousand. I only have three thousand Twitter followers, and I want to get my goal is to get to like fifteen thousand without being like fifteen twenty thousand without being on any kind of TV show. That's what I want to do, you know, because I want to just get that fan base up first. But um. Yeah, so it's going to be really nice to kind of decompress, no eating bad, no, not drinking like a pig. And by the way, down south, man, I mean, they are a huge reason this country is fat. I mean, these people are frying everything. I mean, these people are eating ice cream like it's fucking... I mean, these people are eating ice cream. There's ice cream shops and candy shops just that... Just, and every... I mean, it, 
ice cream and candy down there is like, you know, it's like Starbucks everywhere else. It's just everywhere. It's just, I mean, I get it. It's a tourist attraction, but I mean, these people are eating like animals. Absolute animals. Just these fat fucking mammoths walking around down there. And you're at a beach. You would think these people at a beach. Like, this is not like South Beach Beach. This isn't like, oh, you know, you're at some beautiful... No, these people don't give a shit. You got fucking elephants walking on the sand down there. And and it's like, it's bad, man. Oh, my God. Anything worse than seeing the fat little kids and you see their parents, you know, they're going to be fucking fat. And, ugh. I don't know. I'm bitter towards the South this week just because I was dealing with dummies. Not the friendliest podcast, episode 133, I'll be honest. Um, it's not the, uh, you know, it's not the typical usual. Well, I mean, I got to be honest. I'm exhausted. I had to drive Lawhead to the fucking airport. My daughter was up crying. She's probably going to wake up any minute while I'm doing this right now. So this one is filled with a lot of venom and hate. And you get that every once in a while. What are you going to do? It's not. They're, all, they're not all going to be like... Hey, and then we did this, and I ate a burger, and I fucking got a heart on it, and I saw the greatest movie ever. You know, it's not always going to be like that. And these grown adults calling up, and I know I keep saying grown adults because that's the only way I could justify hating on them because if they're kids, you can't. And I don't want to hate on Walking Dead. I don't want to make you nerds who like my podcast. I'm not saying that with Walking Dead, I wouldn't get into it, but like... Radio stations talking about it the way they do and people getting into it the way they do, like people getting into like a zombie show. It's like, what happened? What happened to show business? I mean, I guess I guess I should say that like the vampire and zombie thing is just a new kind of new thing going on now that's been going on for a while I guess like so it's kind of like the zombies are now taking over the vampires and I get that but I don't know I feel like they're giving anybody TV shows now I feel like you don't really have to you know be a monster at what you do to get a TV show now as opposed to having a lot of Twitter followers or you know and it's just kind of like weird man it's weird to me I don't know that's how I feel I feel like you know, you used to have to be a master at something. And now I feel like you just need to meet, need to be a master of like, you know, utilizing the multimedia facets and all that stuff. God bless anybody who gets anything too. It's just, I mean, we're talking about fucking zombies here every week. I mean. All right, I'm going to go to plugs now because I'm getting mad for no reason. I don't know why I'm getting mad. And if, you know what it is too? Bad drivers being in the car a lot, dealing with stupid people. Like, you know what it is? It's, I'm, I'm, it's one of those things where it's like things are just built up and talking about it helps. So you guys, thank you, the listeners here. You guys are giving me the therapy that I could just get it out because I'm not going to pay some fucking ass. I'm not going to give some asshole $100 to hear me talk about this. And to him go, Paul, you know, you just really need to relax and you're a little tired. I mean, you're straight. why don't you just take a couple of, I'm already doing that, Doc, okay? You don't need to take my $100 to tell me that. Did I ever, I don't know if I, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know if I ever mentioned on the show that I actually did try talking to a psychiatrist um, or a therapist, I should say, what, 
a couple of years ago. And the guy was just like looking at his watch yawning and like would be like, oh yeah, so um, have you met this one? Have you met that one? Like he was so interested that I was a comedian. He's like, no, your problems aren't that bad. You're fine. Like the guy could give a shit. He was just totally counting the minutes until it was over. And I was like, you know something? I'm going to be my own therapist. So I'm going to get into some plugs now and then I'm going to take a nap and then I'll be up on Sunday night. Uh, plugs for the week, everybody. I will be this. If you want to uh, see me, hold on one sec. Yes, I will be November 2nd, Saturday. I will be on both shows at The Stand in New York City. On November 6th, I will be opening for The Daily Show's Al Madrigal. Al is a correspondent on The Daily Show, and he actually sat in as host when Jon Stewart was not there. Um, I will be opening for him and filming uh, another scene of my movie with Al, who's going to be in the movie. Uh, That's going to be on November 6th at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey, where I was after uh, last week. Uh, November 7th, I am at Constitution Hall for one show uh, opening up for Bill Burr. Also, um, by the way, uh, check out the piece in Rolling Stone magazine about Bill Burr. A uh, great friend of mine, been a mentor, been like a you know like a comedy older brother and a dear friend. And you guys have heard me talk about him, and I'm sure many of you guys know Bill real well. But uh, they just did a great article on Bill in Rolling Stone, and uh, it's it's great to see because nobody deserves it more than Bill. Um, I will be opening for Bill at Constitution Hall in Washington D.C. on November 7th. On November 8th, I'll be opening for him two shows, I believe eight and ten, at the Beacon Theater in New York City, and then on Saturday, November 9th. I will be opening for Bill two shows in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia at the Tower Theater. And I believe that is two shows, 8 and 10 as well. So it's going to be five shows with Bill. D.C. is one, New York is two, and then Philadelphia is two more. That is November 7th, 8th, and 9th. And then I will be headlining um, Empire uh, Empire City Casino in Yonkers, New York, place of my my birthplace. Um, I will be headlining um, for those gambling degenerates, I believe, on Wednesday night, November 13th. So those are the plugs there. And uh, I want to wish everybody a happy and safe Halloween with your children. Um, If you don't have children, I just hope you have a good time. Go to a party, hang out. Just don't put on a, uh, a costume and go to a bar and try to have the bar give you 50 bucks. Just don't do that to yourself. It's a bad look for you and everybody who really loves you. Um, and, uh, yeah, so so be safe. Have a good one. And um, that's it. Check out Bad Grandpa. It, it's, it was funny. And um, let's go Cardinals. And uh, starting tomorrow night, let's go Knicks. Uh, the podcast will be up earlier. I will be... Um, probably in a better mood, <laughs> probably in a better mood next time, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. This was episode uh, 133. Uh, please follow me on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. Also, uh, get me on Facebook, and uh, please keep the comments on iTunes coming because that keeps the Verzi Effect podcast you know, ranked. You can get it um, on Podbean. And where where is where I upload the show, and you could also download it on iTunes. So please do that. Thank you everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, uh, and I will talk to you guys uh, on episode one thirty four. Thanks. <laughs>